0: to Gracious Words. Gracious Words is taken from the weekly women's Bible study taught by Cheryl Broderson at Calvary Chapel, Costa Mesa, California. We
1: behold glory, God, in the face of Christ. It shows us who you are,
0: We're who you are. Have you ever felt disqualified from God's service because of a past failure or sin? Will take heart. You're about to see how God uses broken vessels to accomplish his purpose. Join us now as we continue our journey through the lineage of Jesus with Cheryl Broderson. part one of Cheryl's message, The Man and Woman God Chooses, Solomon and Bathsheba. Have you ever
1: thought that you were disqualified from God's lineage? Has the devil ever lied to you and said, you're not really a child of God? I think we've all heard that little voice, you're not a child of God. They're children of God, but you're not really, you're just sneaking in the door of church. If they knew your thoughts, or if they knew what you had done, they wouldn't want you in here. Satan is constantly whispering to us that we're not children of God, that we're not qualified, that he doesn't want us, when in truth, God wants us so much. Also, our own hearts will condemn us. In fact, in 1 John, it says that when our hearts condemn us, God is greater than our hearts and knows all things. Things. Have you ever been kept up at night because you remembered something you did that was stupid? Something maybe from your youth? Some sin and the devil, you know, is just playing on that? Or, you know, have you ever, like, remembered a bad mother moment? Anyone besides me have bad mother moments? I'm so glad I'm not alone. I remember one time, um, Kelsey, we're in England and we're all getting ready for church and Brandon comes up to me and says, you know, Kelsey's acting cuckoo. And I looked at Kelsey and I just kind of like, I gave her a little pat and said, now get it together. And she's like, Aah. and I'm like, she is kind of acting strange. And the next thing um, I, I know, I feel her head and she's got a blazing fever. So I send everybody to church and I turn to, you know, check on Kelsey, and the next thing I know, she goes stiff, her eyes roll back, and she's like, and I'm like, I am an idiot. You know, I'm telling this poor, sick child to get her act together. I gave her orange juice. She turned out all right. God healed her, and God forgave me, but you know, we all have those moments, and they'll keep us up at night. See, that was, Kelsey's 25 now. She's like seven, and here I am telling you all about it, because sometimes it comes to me at night, and says, you think that. Like, <laughs> We all have. Okay, there are worse thoughts too that come by. I'm not telling you about those ones. Not, I'm not feeling that safe yet. But we all have those, those things that say you're disqualified. We disqualify ourselves, don't we? Then there are those certain so-called believers who want to qualify and disqualify you know, like, you're in, you're out, you're in, you're out, you're in, you're in, you're in, because I like you, but you're out, 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 out. My son-in-law used to model, and he said he would, he would go to a lineup, and they would go, yes, no, 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 yes. I said, how did you do that? He goes, I don't know. I, I'd be like, if they said, oh no, I'd be like, ah. I remember years ago, I was in, I was at the market. And I saw this man go, her, she's the one. And he pointed to me. And I looked over to see who he was, you know, saying this to. And there was this girl. And she looked me up and down. she said, her? no. And I was like, what? What? Why am I disqualified? And what am I disqualified from? You know, should I not be shopping for yams? I didn't know what the issue was. But you know, there are those who who have set them up themselves up as judges over the church. And they're saying, who's really saved and who's really called and who's not the cult? This is what the Judaizers did when they came into the church of Galatians. They told those Galatians, it's not enough just to believe in Jesus. You have to come under us. You have to begin to fulfill the law. Here's rules. Here's regulations. Because you're not really enough. And Christ is not enough. You have to earn this. But Paul said that we were not saved by the righteous acts that we have done. But the righteous acts that Jesus Christ alone has done. And as we believe in the righteous acts of Jesus Christ... We are saved. And there is no other name, Peter said, that is uttered on earth by which men can be saved than the name of Jesus, the Messiah. That's what saves us. And yet, there are those times that we look around and we think, Lord, I don't think you want me. Have you ever told the Lord, You did not get a bargain? I've told the Lord so much, you did not get a deal with me. In fact, when Brian became the pastor of this church, I said to the Lord, if you want emptiness and stupidity and humility, you got the right couple. Because we don't have it. And we need Jesus so desperately. I, I could look around and I could see more qualified people than Brian and myself. I see people with better pedigrees, Better education, better experience, better attitudes, smarter. That's not too hard. More talented, more gifted. But I think of Moses. When God called Moses, Moses said, Lord, you can do better than me. By that burning bush, you can do better than me. I'm 80 years old and working for my father in law. I've been kicked out of Egypt. My own people didn't want me. Lord, you can do so much better. I'm not eloquent. I don't know how to speak. Lord, in fact, this is actually what he said in Exodus chapter four, find someone else. I'm not a deal. And the Lord says, Moses, you're everything I want because I wanna do it all through you. I made your mouth all speak through you. I will give you the authority you need. I will give you the power. I want it to be me and not you. Sometimes we feel disqualified because of some past indiscretion or sin. We're haunted or condemned by something stupid we did, mistakes and sins of the past. Too often, we identify ourselves by our failures. I, you know, and not, and not by the parentage of God. But God, let me tell you this this morning, our God qualifies the unqualified and our God disqualifies the qualified to qualify the unqualified. (laughs) I was going to title this message that, but it was too long and too many cues. But have you ever noticed that God follows a whole different criteria than man when he is choosing servants? In John fifteen sixteen, Jesus said, you did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should remain that whatever you ask the father in my name, he may give you. Jesus spoke to Peter, who would fall asleep in the Garden of Gethsemane, cut off the high priest servant's ear, rebuke him at the wrong times, and deny that he even knew Jesus. And Jesus said, Peter, I'm going to use you to strengthen and establish your brethren. Seriously, he could do better. John, God chose John. Jesus chose John. John and James who were nicknamed the sons of thunder, who were going behind the other disciples' back saying, hey, let us sit on your right and left hand. Let us be first in your kingdom. Forget those other guys or your men. He chose Matthew, a former tax collector who sat at a booth, who who cooperated with the Romans in cheating people. He chose Thomas and Bartholomew, who both struggled with doubts. He chose Simon, a zealot who had violent tendencies. He chose Judas, not Iscariot, but he chose Judas Iscariot, who would deny him right and betray him. But he also chose Judas, not Iscariot, who was slow to understand the will and purposes of Jesus. And he chose Philip, who didn't quite get who Jesus was, even after three years ministering beside and with and by Jesus. He chose these men, not because they were qualified. He chose the unqualified, that he might qualify them to the grace of God and to ministry For him, so that later in Acts, when these uneducated, unsophisticated men are speaking with such power and authority and wisdom, those Pharisees and Sadducees and chief priests who were so educated, so learned in the scripture, would say, Where did these men get such knowledge and authority? and they would have to take note that these men had been with Jesus that that was the source of their power and that's what had qualified them for such incredible acts in 1 Samuel 16:7 God said to the prophet Samuel, do not look at his appearance or at the height of his stature, because I have refused him. For the Lord does not see as man sees. For man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. In 1 Corinthians 26 through 29, Paul said to these learned Corinthians who thought they were, as Charlie used to say, all that... to bring to nothing the things that are so that no flesh should glory in his presence. What am I saying? I'm saying that you are all qualified for God's service. All of you. There's no excuses in this room because we answer to the God who qualifies the disqualified. Paul says in Colossians 1 12 that we are to give thanks to the father who has qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints of light. God qualifies those he chooses. He fully fulfills the requirements himself. He forgives, he equips, he trains, and he works through. God chooses empty vessels, vessels of disrepute to change and transform and put his glory in, as it says in 2 Corinthians 4, 7, that we have this excellent in earthen jars that the glory might be his and not ours. God is the one who qualifies the disqualified and disqualifies the qualified. What are God's requirements? When God wants to use a person, what's he looking for? God is looking for faith. He is looking for those who will simply believe and trust him. In John eleven forty, 40, God said to Martha, did not I tell you that if you would believe, you would see the glory of God? What was the criteria for Martha to see the glory of God, to see her brother raised? Did she have to believe Lazarus is going to rise up from the dead? No, she simply had to believe that Jesus was the son of God come into the world. And on that basis of who Jesus is, she saw the glory of God manifested in her life. God is looking for faithfulness. In Second Chronicles sixteen nine, it says, For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong on behalf of those whose hearts are loyal to him. He's just looking for those who will stick with him who will stay with him, who will not turn to other gods, but say you alone have the words of eternal life. He is looking for those who are faithful. As we said, moreover, according to 1 Corinthians four, two, it is required of the stewards that they be found faithful. This is what God is looking for. When he's looking for servants and people to use, he is looking for faith and faithfulness. He's also looking for those who will cooperate with him, who will obey The other day, I went to visit um, one of the couples in the church, Brian and I did. And um, the woman, Yolanda, she turned to me and she started singing, Trust and Obey. And we sang it together, Trust and Obey, for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. God is looking for those who will trust and obey, who will do it his way. God often breaks or reduces those he is going to use. In Matthew 21, God says, fall on the rock and be broken, lest the rock fall on you and break you to pieces. God often breaks us before he uses us. He lets us come to the end of ourselves. So we will say, God, you're not getting a deal. Like Moses said, like Peter had to admit so that he can use us. God wants to get all the flesh, all the self-ambition, all the self-assurance, all the self-confidence, all the self-efforts out that we will look to him and we will see the glory of what he and he alone can do. God will often let us fail and fall to our own inclinations. He will let us go that route. He will let us try things that will fail so that in all our ways, we will acknowledge him and let him direct our paths. We're told in James 4, 6, that God resists the proud but gives his grace to the humble. So God will humble us in order to lavish his grace upon us because God knows that the only lasting work is done by his grace and his grace alone. Case in point, finally, we are at the text, Bathsheba. God qualifies the disqualified. If I was going to choose one of the wives of David, to place in the lineage of Jesus. I'm going to be honest with you. It would not be Bathsheba. She's not my first choice. In fact, we kind of got in a little bit of an argument in the leaders meeting. (laughs) Some felt like Bathsheba was a victim. I don't believe anyone's a victim. I believe that they make bad choices. And God will use everything to highlight his glory. But I don't think she should have been taken a bath on that rooftop, and obviously, there must have been some light for David to see her and want her and i don 't think her rooftop was that far from the palace and we 're talking a woman who was married to a workaholic who 'd rather be with the troops and fighting in the fields than be with his own wife that 's a recipe for trouble that 's a woman who wants attention honestly i 'm not a Fan of a woman who flirts or shows too much skin, especially around my husband. (laughs) And David had some other wives that I would be quicker to qualify. Michael, she was the daughter of King Saul. She could join the dynasties of David and Saul forever. That that child would be of, of two dynasties related to Jonathan. David's best friend and a man of faith. It would join the tribe of Benjamin to the tribe of Judah forever. But Micah was a bitter woman and gave way to her bitterness. Then there was Ahinoam. Now, I, did, I, I don't know Ahinoam. And all I know is that David married her when he was in exile. But here's a woman who was willing to marry David when he was Nothing. She was willing to be on the run and suffer deprivation and hardship with him. She was also the mother of his very first son. Now, she stuck with him, a faithful woman. I might put her in the lineage. I like faithful women who do not look on the outward appearance, but will marry the down and outers. I like those women who see potential in their husbands when they're plumbers? Or maybe Abigail. She's my personal favorite. I love Abigail. Think about it. She's a widow. Doesn't that just endear you? She has an awful first husband, and yet she was faithful. She has my sympathies for putting up with Nabal, which means stupid man. (laughs) She's wise. She's godly. She's a peacemaker. She believes in the promises of God. She proclaims them. She humbly accepts David's marriage proposal and says, I'm willing to wash the feet of David's servants. She's courageous. She's submissive. But it's not Abigail that's called to this place as much as I would call her to this place. It's not Macaw. Now, Macaw was a king's daughter. Her, her father was the king of Jeshur. She was of royal stock. And she must have been beautiful because we're told that her children, Absalom and Tamar, were good-looking. But Makah is not the one that's placed in the lineage of Jesus Christ. Then there's Haggith. Um, I know nothing about this woman, but that her name means festive or dancer. She's a happy person. (laughs) Why not put the happy person in the lineage? And happy gave birth to, you know, why not miss happy? Then there's Apatol. I don't have much to say about Apatol either, except for It says, her name means, the father is dew, D-E-W, you know, like the nice moisture on the ground, which means refreshing. Why not put refreshment in the lineage of Jesus? I would put refreshment in the lineage of Jesus. Finally, there's Eglot, heifer. You just worked that one out for yourself. (laughs) Perhaps a strong woman in the lineage of Jesus. She pulls her own weight. But it's not any of these women... But it's Bathsheba who's placed in and mentioned in the lineage of Jesus. This is a woman who takes public baths on rooftops, who shows skin. You know, interestingly enough, I'll just tell you a, a quick story. I was sitting in, in church on a Sunday morning. And uh, the people behind me were talking really loudly during worship. And, you know, it's just a, a little disconcerting, you know. And So I thought, I'll, I'll just turn around, just, just curious who's talking during worship? And I turned around, and all I saw was cleavage, OK? I'm just being honest. It's like, whoa. And I looked at her, and I said, you're new here. And I shook her hand, and I shook her boyfriend's hand. He looked like Burt Reynolds and uh, without the facelifts. And I turned around, and I you know, was back in the study, and I began to pray for them. Years later, I ran into her um, in Austria at the castle. And she said to me, do you remember meeting me? And I said, yes. (laughs) And she said, all I remember is your smile. I'm like, good. (laughs) And she said, you were so kind and so welcoming. I said, well, I did pray for you. And she said, do you remember what I was wearing? I said, yes. She said, you know, that was my first time at church. I had just given my life to Jesus. And she said, later, I was discipled by a woman in the church. And she said, when I looked back and, and I realized who you were and what I was wearing the first time I met you, I was so ashamed. And she said, but I want you to know I have grown And now I've bought these radio stations, and I'm proclaiming Jesus Christ on these radio stations. And when she got married, not to Burt Reynolds, to a different man, I remember seeing her. And I said, what kind of man is is he that you've chosen? And she said, Cheryl, he's a man that prays.
0: Isn't that amazing? Too often, we identify ourselves by our past failures. But Christian, if you believe that you're disqualified to serve God, then look back on the life of Bathsheba. God will often break and humble us in order to lavish His grace upon us that He may be glorified. If you'd like to order a copy of today's message, simply visit our website at graciouswords.com or call 1-800-733-6443 and refer to it by name, which is the man and woman God chooses Solomon and Bathsheba. Once again, our website is graciouswords.com and our toll free number is 1 800 733 6443. Coming up next time on the Gracious Words program, we'll continue our study on the lives of Solomon and Bathsheba as we progress in our series with Cheryl Broderson through the lineage of the king.